Hi, I'm Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton, and you're listening to Single High, a Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com, the official home of the Kyle Hamilton fan club. And Greg Welcome back to Single High, Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com. Coming to you three days after Notre Dame left a smug David Shaw walk into Notre Dame Stadium with one of the worst Stanford teams in years and walk out smiling with a victory, leaving Notre Dame fans wondering what the heck to make of this 2022 uh, squad. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Frank Fitovich uh, from UHND.com, joined as always by the president of the Kyle Hamilton Fan Club and video analyst at Irish Sports Daily, Mr. Greg Flamong. Greg, we are three days removed from the ugh, just awful, awful performance that we saw Saturday night. How are... How are we feeling uh, now that we're a little bit removed from just kind of the uh, raw emotion of uh, of that game? Uh, how are how are you? Why don't you tell me how you're doing? Because I've I've um, <laughs> I've had three times talking now. I did the you I did the post game recap, like instant reaction. Um, I did the morning after, and then I did hit and hustle today. So I've kind of ruminated on the whole thing and and you haven't yet so where are you i have not i i have not well here's where i'm gonna start at there's the there's the beer um let me take a sip actually Hmm. that is a really really good ipa i've had it before it's very on brand given the questions that we got it's called juice bomb it's a northeastern ipa quite delightful um oh man where am i at right now uh, I'm in a better place than I was Saturday night when I was in an existential blogging podcasting crisis uh, yeah. following following that game. And I've almost been, I think within the last three days, I've just almost come to a point now where I'm just resigned to this season. Almost be, I don't want to call it a throwaway season, but kind of where I'm just like, I, you know what? Honestly, at this point, I have zero expectations for anything uh we could win every game we could lose every game there's nobody on the schedule that i look at at this point and say that notre dame can't lose to because if you lose to that stanford team and the marshall team uh that notre dame has lost to you could lose any to to anybody and yet i still look at everything and go wonder how and 
that it's possible for Notre Dame to have lost those two games because when you look at it, it there's really no reason. It's not like it, it, I guess what got what 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 gets me about it is it, the the both losses are not those losses where you're like, oh man, you know what? We just got beat, right? They were both losses where you're like, man, we got we barely lost games that we just played so horrible um, that it's frustrating. Um, so I think, uh, like I said, I am very much, I don't know. I'm in a, yeah, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a spot where I'm just like, all right, there's a game this weekend. I'm going to watch it obviously. Cause it never not, I mean, I can't remember the last time I didn't, I was probably a kid last time I missed an Notre Dame game. Uh, so obviously I will always watch, but, uh, I am now like normally, you know, even in years where we're like, okay, you know, by Tuesday, I'm getting the itch to be like, all right, can't wait for the game this weekend. Now I'm like, well, it's going to be something. I don't know what. I don't know what to expect anymore. And that's kind of where it's kind of where I've where I've where I've come down from after after Saturday, which I guess is an improvement from you know how I was feeling Saturday night. What well, was so okay? Let, let me ask you this. Let me talk you down a little bit. Where right. um, what what aspect of the team? Yeah. Do you feel like, and I don't mean like offense, defense. I mean, like, let's, let's get a little bit more micro. Like what aspect of the team do you feel like is, it's like, man, what happened? Like which ask, what aspect of the team do you have that feeling? What happened there? Yeah. I mean, in just in general, I would say like, I mean, one, what, what aspect of the team is like, what happened to this team on third down? I now am at a point where third and long, I am not comfortable on when Notre Dame is forced to third and long. It's just not like a, that that should be a money down for Notre Dame. And it has been the last few years. And it just is, is not even on, cause even on Saturday, when, when Stanford was not converting their third downs, Notre Dame was giving up enough yards on most of those third downs to get them in a position where you're like, are they going to, it could go for this now, right? There'd be, there were like third and tens where you get down, you give up eight yards and you're like, well, fourth and two is that's a down that people go for now. Um, So that's, that's one area that I'm just like, what happened? Uh, You know, what, what, what happened there? Well, so remember in the preview, I said they better stop getting in third down all the time. Right. Because you can't, you, you just, you should not, it just as a general rule, right. You should not be saying, we are comfortable putting our backup quarterback in third down. Oh, I'm, I'm talking defense. I'm talking Notre Dame's defense. Oh, not, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, Got yeah, it. not just not playing well on third down and just getting getting in like giving up too many yards, um, where they're either allowing teams to convert or they're giving up enough yards on third down that you're like, well, the the other team should go for it here. And you know, Stanford did a couple times, and luckily. You know, they didn't get it every time on fourth, but it's like, what what just happened to that, uh, you know, to, to Notre Dame's third down, uh, third down defense? Um, it, I mean, just the lack of and I mean, the first it's funny is the first few things that come to my mind were were defense um, just because I had higher expectations for them. But uh, like just where are where is the the you know, the pass rush against the team without a good offensive line? You know, where there, there just wasn't a lot of disruption. I think the way that I described the defense in this game is it was like fine, but it, it shouldn't have been fine against Stanford. It should have been really good. Uh, that was an opportunity for the defense to have a game. Um, and then just like on offense, I just like you look at the stats and it's like the the line played well. So 
why? How did we score 14 points? Right? How do you only score 14 points against one of the worst defenses you're going to face all year long? How did you get shut out in the first half against again one of the worst defenses you're going to face? Uh, you know, all year long. And I know that there were plays there. Uh, you know, the Pine miss, misses Lindsey. The mayor touchdown gets called back. But even still, that was that was the same drive. So like, okay, throw that drive out. But like. There, there should Notre Dame should have had more scoring opportunities than uh, you know than than those. Uh, that comes to mind, and just the overall. Just I tweeted this during the game uh, when I was still not concerned, and I was like, you know what, uh, I'm not concerned yet. But the first down performance, or sorry, first down, first quarter performance of Notre Dame, specifically at home, is becoming alarming to me because it's like. What are they doing from a preparation standpoint uh, that the team just looks so flat at home in the first quarter? Uh, specific, it's like every game, even the Cal game where Notre Dame you know, ends up winning. It's like it wasn't a good – it was a terrible first quarter. Notre Dame looked like they couldn't line up in the first quarter. Granted, that was Pine's first start and all that. But still, it's like that just I, – I have a hard time – I have a hard time wrapping my uh, – you know, just wrapping my head around – had a hard time wrapping my head around the offense, or sorry, the uh, the running back utilization, and why we didn't see Audric Estime until as late into the game as we did against a really bad run defense, or a defense that uh, run defense that was really bad coming in, and an undersized defensive line. Hell, Estime's two thirty whatever, and we saw the graphic that NBC kept putting up. Yeah, the defensive line of, of Stanford only averaged about two sixty, like. That, that should have been a prime estimate game. Um, so all of those things, I think, more from a, again, somewhat micro perspective of preparedness, personnel, uh, just execution, not to use Marcus Freeman's new favorite word, but all of that is, is probably the top of top of the my mind things. All right. So the defense part. Yeah. Um, I'll start there since you started okay. there. Um so third downs is uh, absolutely a problem. Yeah. It's absolutely a problem. And this is across games, right? And, and um, Jamie, uh, Jamie Uyama from Irish Sports Daily, he did a, a thread today, and we talked about it today on Hit and Hustle too. Um, just like what they did last year on third down, because they were a very good third down team last year. And this year they're, they're pretty bad, pretty bad. And um, yeah. And 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 there, what they did last year a ton is there was just we talked a lot about the sim pressures that that Marcus Freeman was really good at. You get you get the offense in uh, a third and long situation, and what he would do is he would walk up seven guys, yep, and you don't know which ones are coming, and he would do stunts and he would send multiple players from different positions, but he would never compromise the defense in the back, sending like more than four players, and. And and so it, what what would happen is you'd be structurally sound, you'd had seven back, and you'd rush four, but the offense never knew where their players were coming, and so that's how you know, uh, that's how Foskey would get a bunch of free runs, that's how Bo Bauer would get free runs, uh, we we'd get MTA coming free, and there's just none of that this year. We're just not seeing any of that, and and that is has been a problem on third down. And and they need to fix it, right? Because there's right. there's just no 
kind of um, there's just there's just no kind of you know uh, creativity there. Yeah. The screen game is not, and th- another part of that too is like Stanford's running a ton of screens where they're getting yards, and and it's just the tackling in the secondary has been. I mean. You know, it, it's this isn't anything that's going to be surprising to anyone listening. It's been bad, right? Everyone can see it. Yeah. Um, it's been a really bad. Uh, it's been a bad go for the secondary this year from as a tackling group. Um, I don't think that beyond DJ Brown, they're not very physical in, at the safety position. Um, we haven't seen physicality from from the corners. Um. Yeah, and we're six games you know, in, so it's like, does that magically it's, get fixed? So, so no, no, in my right? opinion, you, you're, no. You're not going to get better at tackling is, if you're not good at be, it by week six. It's not even it's not tack it's not even the tackling per se. It's the aggressiveness, and unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be demonstratively different no. um, as the season g- keeps going. Maybe it will, right? I, I I don't know for sure, but my guess is that it won't. And mm-hmm. that's just how it's going to be. I think they need to be more creative um, on third down. And that is something that can definitely change. It can, and, but like, I guess my question is like, why? Why, why has what? it? Why has I don't, it? I don't, like, I couldn't even like, say. The only, the only thing you can say is that the players are not ready to do it. That's, the, that's the only thing you can say. I, I get that. It's just, it seems, I mean, most of them played a lot. Most of the players playing up front played a lot of football last year. Right. Um, I mean, it's a different system. And I guess maybe we underestimated what having three defensive systems in three years would be for some of these players. Although I guess we all also assumed that while Golden was coming in and bringing in his defense, that Freeman was still going to have his thumbprints on this. And I think that's actually, you know, as we're talking this out, is that that is probably one of the most surprising things, I think, to me is that it seems like maybe Freeman took too many of his, too much of his hands off of the defense and let Golden kind of run with what he wanted. And we're not seeing the stuff that we saw from Freeman's defense last year, even though, again, most of these guys played. You're not, we're not looking at too many, uh, you know, linemen that, uh, you know, that, that were, that were brand new, you know, who didn't, who didn't get snaps last year. So I, I, this is what I would say, and, and people and people have, um, you know, Freeman was getting blamed for the offensive stuff. Yeah, and you might have seen, and I put it on Twitter. Like, I don't, I don't put that on Freeman. Why would I? Like, if Freeman is not like. First of all, I didn't, I didn't put it on Freeman when they started playing better. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I when when they look good against uh, North Carolina and BYU. I didn't say, you know, who's doing a great job? Marcus Freeman. I didn't say that. I said it was Tommy Reese, right? So that goes both ways, right? But to your point, on the other end, I don't understand the defense part of this, where it's like, look, man, your position, he is a linebacker. He was a linebacker coach, and he was a defensive coordinator, and and your position is not playing well right now. None of them. There is not one linebacker who looks good. On, on a consistent basis, on a play-to-play basis. None of them are making plays. None of them are playing fast. None of them are playing aggressively. And that is obviously a problem, right? Like that's yeah. not, you know, you, you, have a, you have a defense where you, you're, you're playing a bunch of linebackers and none of them are, are, are doing a good job. So that's just like why, what, 
that is where he needs to insert himself and he needs to say like i am going to i'm going to help these guys right i am the captain yeah. again <laughs> i am the captain again well i mean i don't know if he needs to take over but like no 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 he you doesn't know, need to pull a gary darnell lou holtz situation. work with them in practice yeah you know, it's it's not that it's not that very you know it's not like a co uh, complicated thing. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's part where that's where you know if you're gonna put something on Marcus Freeman like, hey, you're a defensive guy, the defense is not playing up to the standard. Yeah. Um, and that's Which, the thing. It, it so when you look at the the totality, right? So one thing I can say about the defense is they held uh, Stanford to their lowest point total of the season. Which is valid. Okay, that, that, that is a fact, right? True fact. Um, that gave up one touchdown all game. True fact. Um, the only team that gave up um, less yards per play against them was, was Oregon, mm -hmm. right? And that's the number 10 team. And Oregon gave up 27 points to those guys, okay? okay. So that, that is a true fact. But at the same time, you know, they're playing not to the standard. right. The standard is top. The standard is top twenty, top fifteen, maybe even top ten. Right, right now they're somewhere in the thirties, in terms of just being like you know, if you look at the the advanced metrics, kind of across, kind of across uh, metrics, whether it's SP plus or uh, FEI or something like that, right? Yeah. And that's not the standard. It's below standard, and that fact is being magnified by the fact that the offense. Oh in the losses has been just putrid yeah. and so that is so that's where i'm at with the defense i guess yeah that's so what i said to me it's it, on that. Like, it, it was weird that the defensive things came to my mind first because the defense it was not to blame for any of the losses this year including ohio state defense played maybe its best game of the year against ohio state and is the only reason that game was close and not a blowout um Played well enough against Marshall, uh, you know, for Notre Dame to have won that game. Notre Dame should have been able to score 40 points on Marshall. They should have been able to score 40 points on on Stanford. I think the reason it came to my mind is, is like you said, it's not what we're used to. And, I mean, that probably says something to my expectations of the Notre Dame offense that I'm not as surprised as the offense not being great as I am as surprised as I am surprised that the defense isn't great because that has been my expectation. Um, one thing that came to me as we're, 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 we're talking through this, how much of this do we think, can we somewhat attribute a little bit to Marcus Freeman, first time head coach, still trying to figure out levers to push in terms of like, Hey, you know, I'm the head coach now. I have a linebackers coach. I have a defensive coordinator. I got to let him do his job versus him being like, wait a minute. I'm, this is still my, you know, that's still my gig. Like I, or was my gig and I know kind of what I'm doing here. So I need to be more, um, you know, more hands-on because a lot of what I'm seeing from Freeman right now, even if you watch him on the sidelines during the game is a guy who is, I mean, we know he's learning on the job, but it's very visible that he's learning on the job. In the Marshall loss and in this loss, every time they showed him in the second half, he's by himself. And he's just kind of standing there, like talking into the headset. And you it it, it just it feels like 
you look at him and you like, dude, you don't have to be on an island by yourself because you're the head coach now. Like, and maybe it's just because that's the shots that they're showing, but it like, it just kind of feels like he is still figuring out very much like what he should be doing as a head coach Um, in like a, you know, I, I don't, I I'm, I'm doing what I think is expected of me as a head coach by not getting upset, not yelling, not going over, you know, to, you know, to interrupt my assistant coaches where like he just doesn't have that level of comfortability yet with this staff to be able to insert himself. I don't know. It could be, but it, it just, it feels like that could be part of it because to your point, linebackers are his, that's his jam, man. That is his thing. He's been a great linebacker coach. He was a great linebacker coach before he was a great defensive coordinator. Um, So it just seems odd. That is, um, and that's where we're at because it's like, or as bad as the offense is, the defense creates a couple turnovers, gets a couple sacks here and there because the it's just everything is falling off. Everything has fallen off substantially, uh, you know, on the defense. And it is kind of you know interesting to me. Like no one's talking about Al Golden at all, and it's like you know what? It's like Tommy Reese as a coordinator is not you know, is not doing great or, you know, in, in the losses, but I mean, Golden's unit isn't necessarily, you know, a shining example of, uh, you know, productivity right now either. True. I mean, yeah. the, the the thing with the turnovers too, it's like, it's tough because they forced four fumbles or True. three fumbles or whatever. One of was, which was you know? recovered and er, er, egregiously overturned. So I don't agree that it's egregious, but yeah. I, I've seen the I, – I did a still shot of it and everything. And I was going to post it today, but I decided not to because I didn't want to get in the conversation again. But, yeah. like, I, I find it hard to believe that someone could say that it's indisputable that That's the quarterback – That's yes. the Well, but it's like you could – it's it's kind of an interpretation thing, right? And so it's egregious in that if it's an interpretation thing, then you kind of have to keep it. That's because, because exactly what because, I'm getting at. Yeah. So like they, they should have kept it and you can't look at it. That's still shot and like, say he definitely has control of the ball. Like, as do the they have like a, a, a replay official with like the Zapruder film up there, like going through like still frame by still frame. So, like, so was, that's why it's kind of like, look, if you're going to do all that, then you got to go with the call on the field. And exactly. And, and it just like I feel like they would have. Um, Kyle Hamilton's interception against Toledo would like to have a word with that replay. Sure, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I mean, so so well. I mean, they overturned that too, and they called it a pick on the field. So yeah. Um. So, but the 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 point is, is that they they forced fumbles in that game, yeah. and it just, just like that didn't work out, and it's just unlucky, right? Um. So there's that. There's that piece. Um. As far as What's Freeman. The- yeah. As far as Freeman, like I don't, I just, I, I, I understand that we care about like where he's, what, how he's acting, and that sort of thing. We didn't have any of these conversations like against North Carolina and BYU. Yeah. And so, to me. It's when I look situations at, though like, too, and it's like th- th- that's true. That's so true. Like, but to me, I I don't think that there's anything like reasonably speaking, I don't think there's anything that Marcus Freeman can do to truly get 
Drew Pine to play better? Because that is the elephant in the room of this whole conversation. Mm -hmm. Is that if you look at the play of every single player, it, it they are they, they were held back, and this was the same in the Marshall game. They right. were held back by the play of the quarterback. That is just a fact, in my opinion. No, it's it's and not and so to me, you know, we can talk about what Freeman could have done to the linebackers in the moment. We could talk about mm-hmm. in my opinion, the thing that Marcus needs to work on is just his facial expressions. He's not mm-hmm. aware. He's not aware of the face that he's making on the sideline. And that's maybe that's it. Because you look at him, he just looks uneasy. And you're right. like, he looks he, nervous. Exactly. Which is he like terrible. Looks stressed, which, which, which then makes the viewer feel stressed. And but well, what about uh, his players? I, 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 I honestly, I bet you the players don't even aren't even. What, why do they care? Like the players on the field are not looking at Marcus Freeman. No, but on they the side, when care. they're on the sideline yeah, and then they're, they're, they're going back either. in in a little bit, you know, when no, the offense is on the sideline, they see the they looks are, on their the offense is sitting. His back is to them. He can't they can't see him. No one is looking at Marcus Freeman mm-hmm. on the team. They are all looking at the Jumbotron. They are sitting down away from him. No one is looking at him. I promise you, no one cares the mm-hmm. face that he is making on the team. It, it is us. It is literally the fan. That that's what we don't like. Like it, it'd be one because the, the other part too that what they'll notice is if he's making a, a, a show of things, like right. McKay would do, purple face. They'll notice that, right? Yeah. If he's if he's making a spectacle of himself, that will get noticed. But the way that he's standing there as things are happening, if he's just standing there, no one is no one because another reason why no one is around. You, like look at him. Like next time, look at who's around him. No one important. And the reason that no one around him is important is because he's not responsible for who goes in the game. The position coaches are. So all the important people are standing around their position coaches because they are the ones who tell them when to go in and when not to. Freeman is not an important figure game day for the players. Now, he's an important figure. PK was not an important figure. Yeah. Right? He wasn't. It was all during the week stuff. Yeah. BK makes the decisions. I'm sorry. Freeman makes the decisions for the staff and that sort of thing. We want to go on fourth down. Okay, fine. We want to call a timeout here. Okay, fine. Like that's what he's doing. So in my opinion, like maybe there are some things on the margins, right, that he can do to uh, improve in some area. And it's it's an area that we can't even know. We don't know it, right? But the problem is, and his main problem in 2022 is that the quarterback play that he's getting in the losses now? Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to throw away Drew Pine and say that he's completely right. terrible because he was not against North Carolina and he was not against BYU. Okay, mm-hmm. so that is. So I, I want to say in the losses, and he. By the way, he is not responsible for the Marshall loss. Okay, but yep. it is a fact that in those two losses to those terrible teams, the quarterback play was the worst that we've seen at Notre Dame in a very, very long time. Yeah. Okay. So that to me 
is beyond Marcus Freeman's ability to fix in the moment. Mm-hmm. Which I and agree with. So that's so that's where I'm at with him. So like I, I understand some people, you know, will say uh, the, the demeanor and all these other things. To me, yeah. it's just like it's kind of a because to it, me. It's, Okay. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Is it, yeah, the because re- the reason I bring it up is when things are unraveling, like I just don't feel that there is somebody on the Notre Dame sideline right now who is like just make like being there and and in control, right? You can't just rely on your your captains for that, especially because we don't have a captain like Kyron Williams this year. Uh, you know, we we, we just don't. That, that that's not. You know, uh, that, that's just not something that Notre Dame has. They don't have an all-American safety who is injured, who is serving as an extra coach who can be there, uh, you know, to you know to help with that. Like they had with with Kyle Hamilton when he was on the sidelines for all the games last year. And it just feels like when this when when stuff is when the shit is hitting the fan this year, that it's just like it, it's it's all the little position groups are with each other, and there is there is no sort of Hey, everything's going to be okay. Like sometimes it, it, you need to hear that. And I just don't feel like that, that, and that is something that Freeman, you know, can be doing, um, you know, during the games. And it's not, again, it's not measurable. It just feels like you look at the Notre Dame sideline and it's not, it, it just, in the losses, it just feels like when they, when they cut to it, it's like, it's not just Freeman that looks nervous. It's like the whole sideline just doesn't look energetic. And I don't know what they, what it is is in in one thing I think is very weird to me is that it seems much more prevalent in home games. And I don't know what might be causing it. it did, you know, what whatever they're doing, again, prep wise for home games versus away games. But if you look at the four times Notre Dame has played from away from Notre Dame Stadium, they've looked good in or sorry, three times that they've played away from Notre Dame Stadium. It's looked like a different team. Ohio State game. Right. Obviously that we didn't get the outcome that we wanted, but that team was playing faster. That team was, uh, you know, prepared from the start, uh, you know, compared to what, you know, what we've seen in some other games, North Carolina uh, was a slower start, but that team was playing much better or played much better on the road at North Carolina. And I'm counting BYU as a road game, even though technically I guess it's home game because the Shamrock series, but you get them in Vegas and it's like, they're more, locked in and engaged in in Vegas and it's what has happened in home games this year is kind of like it's just crazy to me because you look at who Notre Dame's played at home and it's like Stanford and Marshall are terrible football teams and then you had even the Cal game was not a good performance Notre Dame won the game thankfully but like it wasn't a great performance so it's it's very weird that something or just how different this team looks home and away you should be better in theory at home versus away and this isn't even just a thing that's happened this year like this has been something that you know even when Notre Dame was winning a lot of the games um you know when Notre Dame had that crazy long you know home winning streak there was a lot of close calls against teams that were not necessarily great and it's been a thing for Notre Dame of not of, of it just being again I don't know what it can be but it it just feels like Home games, this team looks very different than they do on the road. Um, or away from Notre Dame Stadium. So Notre Dame's gotten off to a slow start in like every game, right? Every game, yes. Okay. 
So the difference is how Notre Dame has reacted to the slow starts on the road versus Well, technically, I mean, you, it wasn't really a slow start against Ohio State. You hit the 50-yard pass on the first play of the game, and you get a 3 nothing lead on the road against uh, – That's true. That's true. Okay, so so not the, not Ohio State. And I got to look the, it up. The, the last five games. Okay. Hey, let me see. Notre Dame, BYU. Uh, they went wow. down 7 nothing. Right. Or no, I'm sorry, 7-3. They kicked the field goal at the beginning because they got the pick. Yeah, six three. Yeah, and then fifteen right, in the second they, quarter. They missed. They missed that. Right, right, okay. right. So, so you 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 know you get the pick and that's that's great. You go down. You don't score. Kick the field goal, and then you have to punt a couple times, and then BYU ends up scoring, and then so they're in the lead, right? Um, Cal, obviously, that's um, self-explanatory. Uh, they didn't score um, in the first quarter against North Carolina. They were down seven nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in this game, right? I mean, yeah. So I, I think North Carolina is a road game. Um, and the Vegas game. What did everyone say about the Vegas game? The atmosphere was unbelievable, right? Great crowd, great energy, great everything, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what did everyone say about the crowd for? For for uh, what's it called? Stanford. Dead, right? Crowd is yeah. dead. Why is it a night game, right? Uh, same thing, Marshall. You know, the crowd. You start slow against Marshall, and the crowd starts making that noise. I talked about it on the thing. They say, "Oh, this is not good. Come on, yeah. right?" And you've got. And what's the through line in that, right? You have uh, you have Tyler Buckner making his first home start, right? New quarterback. And then you have um, you have Drew Pine, who's a backup, right? And so I think that might have something to do with it. It could. Is like they don't – there's like the crowd at Notre Dame. We've talked about it for – let's see. I've been a fan for 30 years. So we've talked about it, I guess, since uh, – not the Holtz days. So I guess since the mid-'90s, it's been a problem. Yeah, it got okay there for a little while again. You know, there's some of those big games early on in the Weiss era. The crowd was not. And what I think, well, the big games, right? Yeah. For the big games, they come and they do the thing. But like, you know, these 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 ho hum games, it's it's never been it's never been a good atmosphere, right? Mm -hmm. And so the crowd, and I I am kind of tickled by the whole thing too, because everyone would like. Like anytime I bring up, like people like to tell me this because I live in LA, but like all LA crowd, right? Like front runners, they don't, you know, they don't, they don't. (laughs) That's valid. That's just true. Right, right. So it's like that's just true, right? Oh, the LA crowd, like they don't, (laughs) they don't do anything to lift up their team. Like they're not rabid. They show up late. Da 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 da. Right. How are Notre Dame fans any different? Not. No, and I will tell you what, too. Well, this is just one hell of a tangent, but um, I can tell you that of all of the games I've ever gone to in my life, Notre Dame, you know, Notre Dame games, any other games like home away, professional football games, because I've gone to a lot of Eagles games in Philly, who, by the way, they are the only undefeated team in the NFL, in case anybody listening did not know that after beating the Cowboys on Sunday night. Um, but uh, I've gone to a lot of their game, home games there. Gone to a lot of away games as well. 
And I can tell you that I have never, <laughs> of all the, uh, yeah, all the stadiums I've ever been in, some of the dumbest things I've ever heard say about the game of football have been inside Notre Dame Stadium. Where you're just like, some of the people that I have sat around at Notre Dame games before, like, are you just like, it'll be like some sort of like situation and you'll just be like, I can't believe you actually just said that about whatever is going on right now. Because it's just like a clear kind of lack of situational awareness of the game, uh, you know, of the, you know, of, of the game of football. But it is a fair point that it is not a, it's not like, it is not an environment where, you know, your, you know, your normal kickoff for a non-big game is, um, you know, is any sort of electric atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, I, cause it's so to me, and, and this is, you know, uh, maybe kind of beside the point or whatever, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I just think Notre Dame fans stop being entitled. Oh, like there's an entitlement. It's like people. What do they say? No, they're the team. Well, I'm not. They're not giving me anything to cheer about. Yeah, you're at a football game. My God, are, are you are you gonna like? Is as a fan, like, are you gonna uplift the team? Are mm-hmm. you going to try to like? Hey, let's get some juice going, right? Like, yeah. like the crowd doesn't. They're not like that because mm-hmm. they're too good for that. We're yeah. too good. We're too cool to do that against lowly Stanford. We shouldn't have to do that against lowly Stanford. And we shouldn't have to do that against yeah. Marshall. And so what happens? Your environment stinks. Yeah. Your environment sucks. The crowd stinks. You you're booing the players. <laughs> and and you're and you're and you're and and then you complain about why are they flat? I don't get it. Why are we off slow starts? As I sit on my hands and lament the fact that we're not up by 21 points yet you mm-hmm. know and so to me it's like i i hear i see a lot of things you know on the internet machine about or on the twitter machine about yeah. uh you know you know this is an embarrassment like that's another thing that fans like to say this is an embarrassment for who You're embarrassed as a fan? Why? Why? What did you do? How are, how are you a part of this? Like, I will never say I'm embarrassed by what happened. Maybe mm-hmm. I will say it, and I shouldn't say it. I've probably said it before, so if anyone goes and looks for it. But you shouldn't say it. <laughs> because you're not involved. It's not for you to be embarrassed. You're not Twitter, a part of it. advanced search, Greg, yeah. 126 includes embarrassed. <laughs> but I, but the point is, is like you're you shouldn't be embarrassed. It's a fair point. I've you're, not, you're not involved. You're not involved. It's not for us to be embarrassed. If the players are embarrassed, then okay. But we should not be embarrassed because of what the players do. Right? It's not our investment. It's theirs. <laughs> so, like, it's not our time. And it's not mm-hmm. our effort. And it's not us out there. So, to me, I think Notre Dame fans just should be a little bit more supportive. And a little bit more like, you know what? Put your pride away. And don't feel like you're too good to try to uplift the team. Because here's the other thing, right? If Notre Dame played that exact same game against Clemson, the crowd would be rabid. It would be a rabid crowd. Yeah. Go up up 14-13 in the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? Like come back after being down. 
like that. We would look we would look at their defensive performance completely different because oh, well, yeah. because because A Clemson's better and but B it's a big game. Yeah. And and the big games are deserve my the big games deserve my emotional like I'm going to get up for this game. I hope I'm not in this one because it's worth it. It's not worth it against Stanford. No, no. Yeah. Can't do it against Stanford. So to me, stop being entitled. Cheer for the team. Stop being a baby. It's not a bad point. It's not a bad so, point. Anyway, that 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 has that was a really wild nothing. tangent that I didn't re- that, that I didn't I didn't realize we would get. That. I didn't I, I didn't either. I didn't either. And, that's a good one. Uh, I don't even know where we were or what we were talking about. Uh, I well, I, I it, it all started because I said that the Notre Dame is just a different team at home versus away this year. Yeah. And, and every time you've got them away from, I've gotten this team away from Notre Dame Stadium, they have looked better. And I don't think it's, I don't think anybody can debate that. I think you look at the three games played outside of Notre Dame Stadium, they're the three best performances that Notre Dame's had all year, even though one was a loss. And you look at the three performances inside Notre Dame Stadium, and they're the three worst, even though one was a win, because Cal is not a great football team. They're, I mean, they're a fine football team. They're not a terrible football team. Stanford is a terrible football team. Marshall is a terrible football team. The fact that both of those teams have one win against an FBS team each, and it's Notre Dame, is not – It's that is like a – that, that stat just hurts. As a fan, you're like, come on, like that just. I think the I think the psyche of the team now now not to like now to be clear, it is not the fans' responsibility to have the team ready to play. It is Marcus Freeman's responsibility. hundred percent. So and that's why I so, say like I don't know what I know. You know, Freeman reintroduced Mass, and there were people at the time that were like, Ugh. you know, why would he do that? Mass brings you down. They should be getting up at that time. And I remember at the time like brushing it off. Um, and I know Freeman had said, he's like, no, you need the calm before the storm. And that's what I want to instill in this team. So, you know, I, I get kind of that, that point. And I'm not saying that mass is why, you know, they, they are having flat performances, but it, it, it's undeniable to me. Like I, I watch this team at home and I'm like, this is a different team on the road. Uh, it, it just, and I don't, I, I mean, obviously, you know, we're not, you know, we're not in the prep meetings. We 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 don't know what 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 is going on that could be the cause of that. But after six games, I think I think they I think they have a hard time. Like they, the the it's no it's there's a correlation between the fact that the better teams they've played have been away from home, and yeah. so I think that that a commands their attention a little bit more, and b I think they react differently to a game where it's like there's no expectations of you know, a blowout. There's no yeah. expectations of a blowout, right? There's no expectations that we go out and, and. But you come to Notre Dame to, to blow out bad teams. Like, or you I understand any, that. But, but right. what I'm saying is they, they have a hard time mentally. Yeah. Getting up for, you know, these kind of situations, right? Which like that comes I, back I, to the staff yeah. that's on the staff. Absolutely. Again. Like that is, yeah. that is a, and, and to be honest with you, I did not think that that would be a Marcus Freeman problem. Right? Isn't it like, like, I thought I did, that would like, be a strength. I thought that was going to be a strength of his, that I'm going to have these guys playing with an edge. And that yeah. is not what happened. So. Because he's like a fiery guy. And it's like you, you, I remember when they would show the Brian Kelly pep talks, like on the, you know, in the stadium when you'd be there and they would do the live look and you would just be like, 
all right wasn't bad wasn't great you know it was like it always when he would try to get fired up and they would put it on the icon yeah. videos or whatever you're always like all right you know little guys trying uh you know but it always kind of felt forced and with freeman and you know just kind of the charisma that he has i i thought that that would be I, 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 an absolute strength for all of the things that we knew he would struggle with as a first time head coach i thought that would be one that we would not have to question um so it's odd um to me um and we'll see if he again starts to starts to start starts to starts to um you know start hitting the uh, the right levers uh you know because again he's doing all this for the first time not you know trying to make excuses at this point i think we all overlooked it we all felt great about all the great vibes that were going on with this team we all kind of caught on uh you know rode along with it this this happy amazing off season that notre dame had great recruiting all the media tours everything was great right it was all like this is this is fun right and we all got caught up in it and you know, overlooked, you know, the realities of having a first time head coach. And we're seeing like all of the, all, all of the potential pitfalls of a first time head coach. I think, I think we're seeing a lot of them. I don't think that's true, by the way. I don't, don't think, think so? I, I, I don't attribute, honestly, Which part? I don't, I, the, the record. The first time head coach? What's yeah. that? I, the record, the first time head coach stuff. Let me ask you yeah. a question. Let me ask you a question. What's Notre yeah. Dame's, who, who's backup? Who's the backup quarterback on the 2020 team? On the 2020 team, Drew Pine. Yeah. Right. Okay. So let's say in week two, uh, Ian Book gets lost for the season. Here's his shoulder. What's the record? Mm. Uh, well, it's a different Drew Pine, for one. It's freshman Drew Pine. Right. Versus junior, junior. The the the, the point is is that the 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 backup quarterback situation is not good. Right, right, right. Which is fair. Okay, so um, um so the point is is that if it if that that's not a first time head coach. But right? let, okay, they're not also, going. They're not going ten and zero. They're not going to the playoffs. They're not beating no. Clemson. They're not going to beat Pitt. They're not going to beat. Uh, they that may Pitt, not even. That Pitt was a blowout, man. Pitt was a blowout because Ian Book threw for four touchdowns or whatever it was. And so, because Pitt couldn't move the ball. Well, maybe they would have moved the ball if Notre Dame was playing Drew Pine at quarterback. So maybe. the point is, the point is, is that you're looking at a bad season that year if Drew Pine is the quarterback, right? Right. And and that is not a, a new coach. And we would not attribute it to new coach Brian Kelly, right? We wouldn't. And so to me... Notre Dame is five and one or three and three okay. because they have gotten terrible quarterback play. True. That is, that's, it doesn't matter who the coach is. What about 2015? What? What about 2015? Like, it, it, like, 2015, Notre Dame had a backup quarterback come in who looked like he was borderline not a scholarship quarterback the previous spring. And Deshaun Kaiser comes in and magically leads that team to 10 wins. Deshaun Kaiser was second round pick. Yeah, eventually. Do you remember what he looked like in the in the 2015 spring game? I don't want to talk about the spring game in 2015. And by the way, if Deshaun yeah. Kaiser was this year's quarterback, then it would be fine. It's not the oh, fact. Sure. It's not the fact that it's a backup. It's the fact that the backup is not 
Deshaun Kaiser caliber, right? True. And and that is not Marcus Freeman's responsibility, by the way. And because because here's the other thing. Yeah. Let's say let's say someone says, oh, you know, uh, the the transfer portal, right? They could have brought in another quarterback. If you bring in another quarterback in the portal, where is Tyler Buckner? He is not on this roster, right? So if right. that quarterback get got got hurt, then it would be Drew Pine. And right. maybe Drew Pine wouldn't even be on the roster. So, like, you'd be dealing yeah. with Steven Angeli. The problem is the problem, okay? So, yeah. to me, so what my point all overall is that Notre Dame is not 3-3 three and three because Marcus Freeman is a first-time head coach. Marcus Freeman, or Notre Dame is 3-3 three and three because they can't get good play from quarterback consistently. That's why they're 3-3. Three and three. They scored 14 points against Stanford and 16, or what, uh, 21 points against Marshall. You had uh-huh. 15 points with three minutes left in the fourth quarter against Marshall. Uh-huh. That's the problem. And I don't think that's Marcus Freeman's fault. And I don't, no. I, and, and I don't attribute it to him being a first time coach either. Well, what I would say is two different quarterbacks, same problem. Um, but that's starter, not, that's not up to him great. though. That's not but up to him. But he's the head coach, man. He's the head coach. It all comes no, down. No, 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 yes, no. Yes, yes, no, yes. No, 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 no. Marcus Freeman Marcus Freeman is not responsible in 2022 for how the quarterbacks play. Why not? He's the head not coach. offensive coach. He's, he's not the offensive head coach. coach. He is, is he responsible he- is he responsible for the kicker? He's responsible for every player on that football. No, no, no. He he is accountable for everything, but he is not responsible for how the quarterback plays. He's not. It's not his position. It's fair that it's not his position. Right. Let me That's ask this. Let thing. me ask this. Let me ask this. Should the backup quarterback at Notre Dame at almost all times be able to what does that have to team. do with what does that have to do with Marcus Freeman? What does I'm getting that have to do there. With Marcus Freeman? I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. Right. I'm getting All there. Right. Be able to beat a team that hasn't beaten an FBS team in over a year. Stanford. Stanford's a really bad football team. Like they, they, that comes down to yes, Drew Pine missed passes and he he did not play great. However, like th- there's no reason that that game should have been. As close as it should have never even been close to, to to begin with, and that there ultimately comes down to not just you know Drew Pine not being you know m- missing some throws here and there, and it comes down to the head coach at, at the end of the day, and you know you could blame and I mean part of it is is, is Reese obviously and the game plan was not that great uh, you know to uh, you know to you know to to begin with. But it's just there, there's I don't think you can completely absolve the head coach when your team gets shut out in the first half by statistically one of the worst defenses in all of college football and a team that can't beat an FBS team. That's just like you, you, well, well, okay. What? What? Where? Where is? Oh, no, the, how do, how does it you can't like so the, the, that's a blanket statement mm-hmm. okay like uh like when people say good teams don't do x mm-hmm. well, actually a lot of the time when people say that good teams actually do do x right it's just that they overcome it in some other way right 
my point is, is that if that's not a, uh, I'll give a perfect example, right? Clemson beats Georgia Tech last year, fourteen to eight, mm-hmm. with a five-star quarterback, fourteen yeah. eight, and they got like it was kind of a miracle at the end. Cle- mm-hmm. Georgia Tech was ready to beat them, fourteen to eight, right? Yes. Notre Dame beat Georgia Tech fifty-five nothing, right? Okay, that is not a first-time head coach that can't move the ball against that Georgia Tech defense. That is not. Okay. Right. So, and and that's not only that, that's a coach who's been around forever with a defensive coordinator who's been around forever. And so they've, he's had his own program going on and on and on and on. Right. These things happen when you have bad quarterback play and you can't move the ball, you need to have an elite of the elite defense. And Notre Dame doesn't have that. Okay. They don't have that in year one of Marcus Freeman's tenure. Mm -hmm. Okay. The, I mean, it's so the putting point a lot is, on the quarterback, though, too. By the way, it, of course I'm putting on the quarterback. <laughs> I, Drew, Pine, Drew Pine didn't line up in an illegal formation on, uh, you know, on, on on the touchdown that got called back. You could why, say why like, does okay, that? Why does that? Why, why 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 does that matter though? Because he already missed Lorenzo Styles open for a touchdown. The what two or three plays before that? Yes, the one where Styles got his arm grabbed. The one that the one that where the ball was late and then it was behind him. And it's still Styles still got a hand on it and had his arm grabbed. Because the right? ball was late and behind him. So you bring okay, the so it wasn't an play. absolute perfect pass. Right. Okay. So so okay. So a touchdown is taken off the board there, right? We had a touchdown, it was not a good throw. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Then you throw a touchdown to Mayor. Okay. No problem on Pine, right? That's not yeah. his fault. Okay. They miss his lensing. I know where you're going. That's that, that's that, that, that's a layup. That's against yeah. air. There's no one near him. I agree. I agree. By 10 yards. Okay. So there's that. Okay. Then you have to bias on another one on a slot fade where he's wide open. Yeah. And what about the fourth? And, and then you get down, you get the fourth and two and we go for it. And we get stuffed, which right, Freeman admitted. Ah, we probably should have called a timeout there. And I saw your tweet. I know you're going to say there probably wasn't enough time. Uh, to do that um, between when the play gets in and um, and then uh, you know them uh, and then them running the play. Okay, so what are we talking about? We're talking about they they should have called a timeout between yeah. in like a four second span on a drive where three touchdowns were called. Yeah, and none of them came through. And so, one I would say was solely on the quarterback. When Styles' arm gets grabbed before the ball okay, gets okay. there, I can't blame okay. that totally on the quarterback. Okay, fine. Don't. You're not going to get Don't. a perfect pass every time. Uh, okay. Okay. So, so then don't tell me. It's like that's why I'm putting it on the quarterback because it's not a good throw. But there's other problems on the team too besides that. Of course that, there are. Of course yeah. there are. That, 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 but what I'm saying is if you get good quarterback play, then those problems are just – not as big true you know what i mean like so that's the thing there's there's problems on every team you know but the problems aren't as big when you're scoring points like you're supposed to and you're making the plays like you're supposed to yeah you know so that's that's where it is 
I mean, we're like we're continually to throw to Michael Mayer with other open players on third down. We are yeah. continuing to we're, we're throwing it short of the sticks on fourth and eight for the game when when you got Lorenzo Styles coming open, who the play is designed to go to. Yeah, we're not doing it. The play before that, we're throwing it behind Michael Mayer. And without velocity, which is allowing the defender to get his hand and knock it away. That's what I'm talking about. Is that's that fair? No, right. That's so the, I don't attribute that to Marcus Freeman being a first time head coach. Okay. And frankly, that's I it's not even fair to really get on Pine. It is just a fact. Drew Pine is not meant to be a uh uh what's it called? Uh, 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 playoff caliber quarterback. He's not. Now he should be. He should win this game against Stanford. But the reason yeah. they didn't is because he didn't make the throws. Right. Okay. And well, this is why he recruited though to be a eventual start starting quarterback for Notre Dame. He right. But that, that, but, that, but that's not Marcus Freeman's problem because well, that's also there. there. That's also true. So Tommy Reese's. Um. Right. So right. we should we should get to questions because we've been we've been doing this for like over an hour now. That's true, but it's been fun. Um, <laughs> I guess my point of it all though is like, and the reason to bring it up is like I, I I am not in any way suggesting, by the way, that I am, you know, lingering or um, you know, suggesting that like oh, you know, I'm losing total faith in Marcus Freeman or anything like that. However, I do think we are seeing some first-time head coach thing, some first-time head coach po- problems rear their kind of ugly heads in real time. And we're going to just have to deal with more of them, I guess, is, uh, you know, for, you know, for, for the, for the rest of the year. Um, All I would say is that you look at any of Brian Kelly's teams. Yeah. Who was not a first-time head coach. Is that every weakness on his teams was always exacerbated by the fact that they were getting poor quarterback play at times. Yeah. And the perfect example is the 2010 team where it's like they couldn't do anything Mm -hmm. because their quarterback play was no good. And then Reese came in and stabilized it. And it was completely different. True. It's been the issue for since. I guess you could say Jimmy. Jimmy Clausen was the last stabilizing quarterback, probably, uh, for more than a season at Notre Dame. I mean, Ian Book uh, was Ian. pretty stabilizing. Yeah, stable. <laughs> if Ian Book was this team's quarterback, they it, it, it would be five and one. Stabilizing, sure. but, but not necessarily. I think going back, like when you had you had Brady and and Jimmy back to back years, it was a different level of quarterbacking, in my opinion. Um, in terms of what they could do. Um, Ian, I love Ian Boone. He was a great quarterback, but definitely had his limitations. So, and it goes to back to the whole thing. Is every, it always comes back to the fact that BK never was able to recruit a true bona fide five-star caliber quarterback. And guess what? We still don't have one. Well, we, we have one. We just won't get to Notre Dame until 2024. Yeah. Which doesn't help this year, and it doesn't help next year. Um, so let's get to questions. Um, we got some familiar names popping up. Chris Jenkins, 
Uh, this game was a dump, just a dumpster fire. Couldn't recover a single fumble. Trouble moving the ball, um, the ball decently at times, and Pine struggled a lot. What do they need to do to right this ship? And is Pine the answer at QB? Hopefully, this was just a bad his bad game of the season. So, I mean, I think I'll, I, I can start in, in terms of writing the ship. We talked about some of it already defensively. Is you you can't just keep doing what you're doing defensively right now. You I mean, I, I think you have to, I don't even want to say start taking more chances because it's like when Notre Dame has taken chances this year, it hasn't always helped because some of the chances they've been taking has been bringing a safety from deep for pressure that just gets torched. So I think you have to do more of what worked well last year on defense uh, yeah. to hopefully create more disruptive plays, um, force more turnovers, uh, because the defense is going to, the defense can't be, fine the rest of the year it can't just be like a, oh we're gonna you know try to make them drive the length of the field every time and somewhat keep points down kind of defense it's gonna have to you know create some uh, create some plays my take on pine i mean is he the answer like long term i i mean i think we're seeing no but it's like w- the answer right now i, I mean it's him or angeli who is a true freshman up until a month ago, was on the scout team, or maybe a little, it was more than a month ago, five weeks ago, whatever, was on, was on the scout team. So, is Angeli going to be that much better? I, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's been a long time since we've seen a true freshman, uh, you know, come off, you know, come off the bench in, in relief. So, I don't know. Um, I think. If Pine keeps missing some of the throws he's missing, then probably you have to give him a look. I was actually very surprised, by the way, to see Jamie of ISD um, throw out the – he threw out a tweet, I think, on Saturday night or Sunday. It might have been during the game that, like, you might – it might be, uh, you know, peanut butter and jelly time. Uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, because I think of Jamie as just monumentally more level-headed than myself. And I wasn't even there yet. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I don't, I mean, was it his bad game in the season? Maybe. Uh, I, I just, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, we've seen him play, we've seen him play two and a half pretty good football games between Cal, North Carolina, and BYU, and one really bad one. Is it, you know, can we chalk it up to a bad game? I don't, I don't, we don't, we haven't seen enough from them to know. Like, is it tape is out now and teams are adjusting to what, you know, what Notre Dame was doing well with him in those, in those two, you know, two and a half games, maybe. Or is it more, yeah, the bad game? I don't, I don't know. I think it might be more of the, the tape is out now and Notre Dame's going to have to adjust again, but that's, that's just my take. Um, I hope every team does what Stanford did. Yeah. Because the plays were there. The plays were there, and and Pine can hit them, obviously. Yeah. He's hit them before. Um, as for the answer, um, I would say no, he is not. I, I'm not long term. Yeah. Uh, he is for this season. Yeah, because what your other option is a true freshman who. Like I he said, he played well enough. Him. He played well enough. To um, he played well enough against North Carolina and against 
BYU. Right. It's like it's in there, and we need to find it. You think no. we see Angeli? I don't think we got. I don't think there's any questions. Um, but you think we see him before season's out? I don't even mean a mop up duty because at this point I'm not counting on there being mop up duty. Um, I mean to be honest, I kind of hope not. <laughs> Interesting. I hope not. I don't. I don't because that means Drew Pine's playing bad, and that yeah, means bad right. things for the team. It does. All right. Um, next question. We got Robbie Knee Neighbor asks us. Would you take Book, Golson, or Fuller on this offense? It's like he's got a multiple parter here. So let's go with that one. You already answered, I think. Well, Fuller, obviously, no. No way. Because yeah. they, they don't have a quarterback who can get him the ball. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's no good. I mean, that's the problem with Lindsey. Fuller, yeah. Fuller was a, uh, a speed guy. You got to get the ball over the top to him. Fuller was so lucky that he came when he did because he played with two quarterbacks, Kaiser and Golson with the arm and, yeah. and Zaire even for, for a spell where he played yeah. with all those guys who had the arm to actually take advantage of him. Yeah. Um, so the answer to me is honestly Golson. Whoa. I thought you he, would go book. Remember when Golson completed like 25 passes in a row? I was against, at that game, uh, sir. Against Syracuse. I was in attendance at MetLife Stadium. Right. So he's the one who could do that quick, uh, get the ball and get it out. Right. And get it out accurate. And I, that's what Notre Dame needs for this team. Man, but then you know, and, and, and then he had the factory. arm. He could, he could take care of, he could, he could, uh, he could take advantage of uh, Tobias. Now he could take care of uh, Lindsay. He could, I mean, he, he's a good player. You know, mm. I, I think, um, I miss Everett Golson. So I he's more talent, he more raw talent, and more arm talent, I think, than any Notre Dame quarterback in a little while. Yeah, he's um, good. He, he spin it. It just once things started to unravel, he did not handle them well in a game uh, at all. So, um, next question from Robbie: Would you take Jalen, JOK, or Julian Love on the defense? Kyle Hamilton. <laughs> not an option sir not an option of those three um, being taken of those three julian love jok or or, or jalen i'm going prime jalen assuming this is again pre pre-injury jalen and the notre dame version of jalen this is one of my favorite players um you know, ever to roll through Notre Dame. So I'm taking Jalen, although I could see a very good case being made for Julian Love, given the tackling and playmaking challenges in the secondary this year. See, I would, I wouldn't take a corner. Um, mm-hmm. I would take a linebacker. I think that's yeah. more important. Um, I, I would take JOK. Oh, yeah. all right. Why JOK over Jalen? Because, because he, he ben made Goyner's more plays here to for Notre Dame. You. Well, he played more – but the thing is, it's like I don't have to project him. I could, I could just look at JOK, and it's like I know what he can do. And yeah. so I think he could – like he was so good in the slot too. I, I feel like that would kind of solve that problem, and you could just use uh, Bracey outside. Yeah. Um, and so that that's what that's how I would do it. I would, I'd get JOK out there. All right. Fair. Uh, Robbie also says, I'm not done with Tommy. But what are the top two things you'd like to see change? One apiece. One apiece? Yeah, I guess from the offense or from Tommy Reese. 
21 personnel. Okay. And more play action. Oh, yeah. You you love. You, I know the play action is your... Uh, you, 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 you've, you've, uh, tweeted and, and, uh, we've talked a lot about the uh, yeah. play action or lack, uh, or lack thereof. That is a good one, uh, for Tommy, cause he doesn't seem to like it. Um, what would I like to see other than what you just said? I guess I think I would just like to see a better use of the personnel at running back. Mm. seems like they're hell-bent on just giving them all equal touches every week, and I don't think they're necessarily utilizing any of the three right now to the best of their ability. We're not getting Chris Tyree out in space. We're not getting Estime, uh, you know, running right out of small, undersized defensive line. Um, actually, maybe Diggs is the one that they're using the best, um, you know, based on his skill set, but I think they could still be using him better. Yeah. Um, his last bonus one was Mexican barbecue or italian pick two for the rest of your life lose one. Oh man josh is gonna be pissed oh no you're gonna go italian i'm losing italian yeah wow i'm going barbecue and my my rationale is is sound i think i i live in the northeast where barbecue is not that good so like i don't live in an area where barbecue is great where it's like oh yeah i can't i mean i i can't i cannot tell you uh, like when was the last i don't remember the last time i had like true legit barbecue um it's just not that good up here um yeah. there's there's a few places you can get it but like yeah it's not it's not like I, I don't live in the south or like in texas where the barbecue or you know uh where else we're like yeah anywhere in the south where barbecue is amazing um, but I eat Mexican and Italian food like, every week. So I would go with, uh, with losing barbecue. Okay. All right. We got Joe Seiler here asking, with all the height at tight end, why not throw high passes that only they can catch in the red zone? I don't know football, but I would like <laughs> – uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I would look to use, uh, you know, height when we can. I mean, I think the problem is they're looking at Mayer and his height too much. Um, and I just, I don't know. I mean, other than that, I guess we're looking at Raritan at this point um, or Evans. But, I mean, it was Evans' first game back. So, um, I don't know that any of them, them have really showed other than Mayer that they could consistently win contested catches in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I'd like to th it's a good idea right like I'd, I'd like to see them throw it in the red zone you know before we're uh like like throw it into the end zone yeah. you know they like to get in the red zone and like not throw it into the end zone right hurts my feelings so yeah so yeah all right we got Drew Brennan uh, asking us sitting in the stands at the game I was yelling at the field at the scan offense when Notre Dame is losing it takes so much time off the clock it is slow it doesn't allow for the crowd to get excited. Interesting, given our earlier talk. Um, and we still ran into outnumbered situations. Is it time to move on from the scan? You know what? He brings up a good point of it really just sapping energy. Because it is like, even just watching it, they just run up to the line and then just stand there and then just like look to the sideline. And it does. It does, it does sap some energy. So I'll, I'll give him that. Something that people need to keep in mind is um, they 
their best player is a tight end who is like 6'4", 260 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't really play fast with him because he's going to really wear down. You know, you like also, it, I think the thing with the scan they were calling it here is like you get to the line quick and the the yeah. the anticipation is there that the play is going to start. And then it doesn't. And then they look to the sidelines and it's like you start to get excited and then you're like, OK, well, now I'm waiting for the play to happen. Yeah. And then it and then it happens. So I think that's where like the where it doesn't allow. Whereas if it's like in if they're in the huddle, you obviously know, like, OK, they're not snapping this ball but it like the anticipation builds and then it like you reach your crescendo way too early and then you're like okay when's this play gonna snap so i think that's that's an interesting point well part of the problem i think with that is like we saw this a lot with um we saw this a lot in my opinion with with tommy when he was actually a quarterback Mm -hmm. is is the defense can essentially because they know you're coming to the line and going to do run a play based on what you're in. They can essentially um, dictate the play that Notre Dame runs based on the look. And so then Notre Dame comes out in something, you're in something, and then Notre Dame makes a check. And then the defense can then check into what they predict is coming. And a lot of the time that's, you know, you can kind of say, okay, we're doing that. We're showing this look. Notre Dame is going to check to this play. And then we will then, then we kind of, you know, they can make a guess basically of what the play is going to be. That's the problem. In my opinion, one of the problems mm-hmm. is that when you, and when you have an offense that's like basically RPO based or anything like that, then you call it and you go up there and you can run any number of three plays based on what the defense is doing. And instead, you are reacting to the defense pre-snap, and then they will react to your reaction. We saw this a ton in twenty like thirteen. Um, so, hmm. so scan yay or nay? I mean, I think it's necessary because yeah. I don't think that Pine is. Uh, I don't think they want him to be making all those decisions at the line at this point. Hmm. Yeah. All right, next question comes from our good buddy Ryan Ritter at Andy Text says, considering that Notre Dame only loses at home to teams that can't win an FBS game otherwise, is it safe to say we're going undefeated at home the rest of the season? I think that feels right to me. I mean, it's the only logical explanation, right, is that that's what's going to happen. I wish. Um, Honestly, I just don't know what this team is going to do at this point. Like like I said, if you you tell me – like if, if two months from now you're like, hey, remember how weird it was when we lost to UNLV and uh, Stanford, and then we beat Clemson? I'd be like, yeah, it's a weird season, man. I don't know what the hell to make of it. Um, and which is a good segue into this next question from our other good buddy Oscar at Vamos Irish says, is this a quote bring the torches kind of season or a let it pan out kind of season? I mean, to me, I think I have, I've already said I'm at a let it pan out and just be like. I, I think of the two options, it's a let it pan out. Yeah. It's like we're going to see what happens at this yeah. point. Just we're going to roll with it each week, and it's going to be a roller coaster. It's going to be fun, uh, but not really. It'll probably be very uh, not fun at, t- <laughs> at times. But maybe by the end of the season, um, you know, things will things will change. Uh, second parter says, can you scheme a playmaker on defense, or is that up to the player? 
Um, yeah, you can. You can. can I think you can oh, yeah. scheme it. You can put a player in position to be just like kind of a freelancer. Yeah. In, in certain situations. Um, so that is something that can happen. Yeah. Um, I think they try to do that a little bit with Brandon Joseph. It's just not happening. Not working. No, <laughs> like, dude, it's bad. I mean, like, it, you, you go, like, long stretches where it's like, oh, they're 16. And you see it, you're like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, I haven't seen him all game. Um, which is not I great. mean, look, he's not, he's not giving up plays. That's, you know. That's true. That's true. For that. There is. There is. There is. Um, and I think the other area, I think linebackers, you can you can scheme playmakers out of too, because you can really funnel plays. You can try to funnel plays based on you know what you're doing up front with, you know, in the direction of certain, uh, you know, certain positions. Um, you know, certain defenses will have certain linebacker positions that are really like kind of geared to be your playmaker, your you know your your tackle machine, so to speak. But yeah, um, what's a good recovery meal after you've been ill and are finally back in good health? That's from Oscar as well. Whew, he always had to give us a food one. That's a very interesting one. I don't know. Did I miss a tweet from Oscar that he was ill? Or maybe I did. I don't know. Oscar, I hope um, you're feeling good. I guess it depends on the illness. Um, yeah. I would say I, I always I'm a big fan of a chicken tortilla soup when I'm like coming okay. off something. Get the nice yeah. broth. Yeah, I was um, I was thinking soup, a good good. Uh, I was going chicken noodle, but chicken tortilla soup is pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we got and then uh, Woj at Woj to God says uh, he'd like to latch on to this, uh, you know, to Oscar's question. Uh, he just wants to know how sweet was Marcus's vest on Saturday. It was pretty. It's a nice vest. He's nice uh, vest. he looks good in the vest. You do. I wear a lot of vests. Uh, you know, into the office when I do go into the office because it's in uh, the financial district of uh, of Manhattan where there's a lot of vests, a lot of vests. So uh, I was like, I kind of need that one. So hopefully that's for sale. But anything nice that Marcus Freeman ever wears or that Under Armour provides to Notre Dame is never made available to the fans because um, they don't like money. So that's just yeah. that's just how it goes. Um, we got uh, Nick at at Mr. Groovy. Um, I, this kind of goes along with the, the, the scan offense question, but I feel like Notre Dame does an absurd amount of pre-snaps motion that accomplishes very little if the quarterback does not take what the motions show, uh, you know, of the defense to audible change protections. Um, not a questions, but would like your guys' thoughts. Never mind, I was reading that too fast. Not necessarily related to the scan offense at all. However, I know you have some thoughts on this because I've seen – quite a few of your your play illustrations that go along with this on uh, on the twitter machine well i think uh it's it, with the motion um it's uh it, it, a lot of the time the motion can be a, a coverage identifier mm-hmm. um which is important so that's why that's why motion is is such like so prevalent now is because you want the quarterback to see all right this is what the coverage is and a lot of the time that's basically a tell for like this is where i need to go with the ball so i actually like the motion um Mm -hmm. it to me though a lot of the motion action especially on the run plays they are doing it without the option to pull and take advantage of what is available and that obviously bothers me to no end um and it makes me uh kind of crazy to be honest I could tell um, by your tweets. What makes you well, more it's, crazy? It's, that it's or giving like, up long it, passing Here's plays. the thing. Here's the thing. You know, uh, beyond an ability piece, it's like you need to have 
Drew Pine is in his third year in the program. He needs to be at a point where he is able to process things. Like your ability to process has nothing to do with his height. It has nothing to do with his arm strength. It has nothing to do with any of that. He should be able to process where to go with the ball in in key moments. And so the fact that he can't is probably the most disappointing part of this. Um, and if there's going to be, you know, if we're going to use a word like indictment on, um, on Tommy Reese, I think this is where it is, is that you again have a quarterback who is not very good at processing, uh, during a play and you can't execute the offense that you have because of that inability. Yeah, it's not great. No, it is not good. Um, Moving on to our next question, though, because I know we are now now we're now we're, we're careening towards our long pot again, but we'll we'll get through them. Uh, this is from at Joseph Radick says, hi, Frank. First time ever question tonight. Thank you, Joseph. Um, he said, reset an open position for offensive analysts exists at Notre Dame. It has been an open position all year. Is Reese blocking any and all applicants for this desirable opportunity? And did he let it slip inadvertently? Uh, I mean, this I know. I know there was there there was some some chatter on some of the boards about um, offensive analysts um, and and Reese saying no. And I think that's where this question probably came from at the at the Reese presser today. Um, honestly, I, I can't. I have no inside knowledge here, but um, I'm pretty certain that if Reese was blocking it, he probably wouldn't have been as open and talkative about it today as he was. Um, um, I, I asked about this and yeah. at least the rumor that's going around about Cutcliffe is I've yeah. I asked and it's not true. Yeah. Um, so there's that piece. Um, as yeah. for the rest of it, I, you know, who, who he says, no, there's kind of conflicting information. It might be kind of, a like one of these, uh, you know, technically true, technically not true, you know? Yeah. It, I think if they had a, I, I, I think if they had a good option, I think they would have gone with it. But right, for whatever reason, but like I, not just adding somebody for the sake of adding. Somebody. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, we got Connor here at Connor Higgins nineteen says I have a few questions. First, is it the players not executing, or is it Reese's scheme causing offensive issues? Which I know you talked a lot about today on ISD. Um, that video is also posted on, uh, on, on UHND, so you all should watch that show that, uh, that, uh, that Greg and Jamie uh, recorded earlier today, or, tomorrow, or yesterday, I should say, because I'll be posting this um, yeah. uh, on, uh, on Wednesday. Second, why is Foskey not as impactful this year? And third, why can't Notre Dame Stadium feel like Tennessee's was on Saturday, literally ever? Harry touched on the stadium one. We touched on the uh, stadium one. We kind of touched on the Foskey one, too. Yeah. Um, not great at winning one-on-one matchups. I think he needs to be um, he needs to be schemed a little bit more, and not yeah. just from a uh, you know a scheme from other players where um, you know there's not as much attention being paid to him. So um, yeah. I think that's part of it. And what was the third one? Players versus scheme. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We did a whole show on it. We did a whole show on that. I think I think on offense, it is a player problem. Uh, mm-hmm. More specifically, a quarterback problem, but it's kind of like the quarterback is Reese's responsibility, and mm-hmm. so it, it's like to me, it's not a quote-unquote blaming the player situation. 
it is it is more uh it's not a scheme thing i think reese knows how to attack offenses it's just getting his quarterback to a place where he can execute that um on a consistent basis we had another question just like that that uh, we're going to read because he asked it, um, but I think you already covered it. And go watch Greg and, uh, and Jamie's video. But from Jack O'Sullivan, who just says, who, what is responsible for Saturday night? Freeman, Reese, Pine, um, even in part luck or officiating um, is the answer that I should just listen to Greg and Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> and we covered it already a little bit. Uh, we're not going to we're not going to give it all away here. So, uh, so go listen. Um, but, 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 uh, here we go. We have uh, one from Stephen uh, Warnick says, is it possible that our OC who aspires to be in the NFL and our DC who just came from the NFL are implementing playbooks that are too difficult for kids who are also taking 12 to 20 college credits um, at, or at a school where they are expected to excel academically? Um, as far as the defense, I think if anything, it's too simple. Yeah, that's um, what it feels like. <laughs> and as far right, as just go the, rush you four, go rush straight yeah. ahead and try to win some one on ones. Like that's not helping anybody. Yeah. Um, with the offense, you know, I don't. <laughs> it just doesn't seem overly complicated to me. Um, it. it I kind of feel like I under I have a grasp of what they need him to do um, mm -hmm. or what they're trying to do. And so if I have a grasp, I think the players definitely have a grasp. Um, look, these are if, – if, I, I think you do probably need to be a high-level player to accomplish it, and, and I just don't know if if Pine's that guy. You know, he, yeah. he might just be a – he might just be a guy, you know, mm -hmm. Just the way it just, is. Yeah. All right. We got uh, three more. Next one is from Evan. Uh, says, assume this offseason Notre Dame brings in a new OC and a quarterback transfer. Who would you like to see fill in those spots? Any intriguing package deals, OC and QB, from the same school? Um, oh, and then also, yeah. does the OC need to be the QB coach? Um, and if not, um, how does that impact the other position coaches? future at Notre Dame? Um, well, if you have an OC who is, if you, if they bring in a dedicated quarterback coach, then obviously you got to get rid of one. Yeah. Um, and I don't know who that would be. I think, I think whoever they bring in, they, they're going to want to, for that person to be the, the quarterback yeah. uh, coach. Um, as far as who I, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't even think of one. I couldn't, because just because you just never know, right? Like you don't know who's who, going to go in the portal. Yeah. Who would have guessed at this point that Slovis and uh, uh, Caleb Williams? Kid? Well, Caleb Williams, um, but Slovis and the other Jackson Dart would be in the portal. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. man, so it's it's hard to say that that one you got to wait on. So um, I do hope. I mean, I think we've seen Notre Dame's going to have to go into the transfer portal unless they pull some sort of magic rabbit out of their hat in a late 2023 class of 2023 quarterback commit, which does not seem reasonable or remotely likely at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I think they're going to have to have to dip in there. Um, two more questions. I got <laughs> this one's fun. Uh, this is from Holly Jorts says, 
Why, man, just why? Marshall game, I was at a friend's wedding. Saturday, I was at my best friend's son's wedding. 2011 South Florida, I was in the Marines in the freaking desert. Uh, why do I keep doing this? Why do I continue to fail us? Um, one, you're not failing us by going to uh, you know friends or family's weddings. They're failing you because uh, fall weddings are just not. They are, I think that I think that's the right take. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no other way around it. Um, that's why you know, my wife and I got married in the summer. Um, because her family's big college football fans as well, which I've talked about. So there was no, um, there, there, there was none of that. But yeah, fall weddings are just the worst, the absolute worst. Um, unless, unless it is people who are also crazy college football fans and they make accommodations for, you know, everyone's games, which is not very often uh, the case. Um, but that's what I would say. You are... You're not failing us. Your friends are failing you. Um, and then we got we got Dr. Nick uh, Lucchetti says to me, I'm assuming, because I don't think this one's intended for you. Do you ever drink anything other than 9% New England IPAs? LOL. Um, I mean, I had a Northeast IPA on this one. I don't think it was 9%. I don't, I don't think this one's that strong. No, six and a half. Um, and then I had a second one while you were talking about something, um, which I think is also a it's a it's a New England style IPA from from Cape May Brewery, not too far from Philadelphia, which is also the home of uh, a little baseball team. It's in the NLCS that won tonight as well. Um, I think my professional sports teams winning has also helped me just come down from the ledge a little and just be like, well, I'm just going to watch this for the rest of the season. See how this, uh, see how this plays out. Cause it was a pretty wild weekend for Philadelphia sports, Greg. I will say, I will say that. Um, yeah. Phillies, Phillies advancing Eagles beating the Cowboys on Sunday night football. It was just good times. Um, and uh, hopefully those continue. Uh, hopefully those continue to roll, and uh, hopefully Notre Dame gets back on track at some point uh, this season. We'll see. Um, not gonna have time to do a preview pod this week, uh, unfortunately, folks. Uh, given given our schedules, so we're already at almost an hour and a half, Greg. But what do you, you know, very quick snapshot? What do you, what are you looking for? What do you think is gonna happen? This weekend, Notre Dame is a 24-point favorite somehow still. Um, I mean, after scoring 14 points and not scoring. Notre Dame has not scored 24 points in, what, four of six games this year? Total, right? Yeah. They're under 20, under 24 against Ohio State, under 24 against Marshall, under 24 against Cal. Right, was it? No, I'm forgetting the Cal. Well, at 24. That was a push. At, right. At, okay, so right at 24. And then under so, – hey, that's still not that. That's that's a little surprising to me. But uh, what what are your thoughts? Um, I, I'm actually pretty bullish on the offense right now. Um, okay. I just think Pine will play better. I think the offense was ready to play well. I do. I I, I think that I think the unit as a whole is growing. Um, it just Pine just he had a bad game, and I think if that turns around, um, it'll be okay. All right. I mean, I hope so. You know, he's not a good football team, uh, but that doesn't seem to matter this year. Um, yeah. Hopefully the afternoon game 
maybe it helps. I don't know at Notre Dame Stadium. I don't. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't know at this point though. Like I said, the home games are have been a wild card. If this was on the road, I'd feel a lot better. If we were this game was in Reno, Nevada, since Notre Dame is undefeated in the state of Nevada as a program, I would feel better. But it's not. Also, if it was in Las Vegas, where UNLV is. Yes. Oh, that's right. Who am I thinking? Wait, who's in Reno? <laughs> uh, Nevada. Oh, that's who I'm thinking. All right. Well, even better. Uh, undefeated yeah. in uh, in uh, in Vegas. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I would feel much better about that, but uh, it's not it's at home where Notre Dame has struggled mightily this year. I don't think Notre Dame covers at this point. I mean, granted, by Friday, maybe I will feel that way, but 24 points is, is a lot of points given uh, what this offense has been uh, has been producing. And I have been thinking and laughing at some of the preseason predictions that uh, we made about over-unders and... Uh, can't wait to do that pod in January, Greg. I don't know about you. Um, some of the overs that I took when I was very, very, very optimistic about this offense. Whoops. So, all right, man. Um, I think that's all. I think that's all for the, you know for this episode. I can't say I feel better or worse about the team at this point. I think I just feel like I said. I'm just gonna, I'm going along for the ride this year now. It's kind of a nice place to be. Right when yeah. the expect when the expectations are gone, and you're like, I'm just gonna just gonna go along, see what happens. Um, it's a, I mean, it's not fun to get to this place. The the journey to this place is not fun. But once you're there, it's like, all right, well, this will be, we'll see how this goes from now on, and uh, and we'll we'll see. I mean, it can't. I mean, it can. I'm not gonna say it can't get worse. It can. Um, it'd be tough to get worse than losing to Stanford. It's a bad team. Bad team. Ugh. Anyway. Uh, all right, loyal listeners. We thank you, as always, for listening. We thank you, you know, for the questions. You know what? I did not. I, I did a disservice. I didn't check the reviews. I think we might have had one, too. That's on me. I'm going to look at it right now. We do have a review. Five-star review. Still perfect five out of five on all. Um, this... Uh, this <laughs> The username is bad purchase one two three four, so that there's there's probably something to be read about uh, read into that username, but it just says love the podcast, something to look forward to each week of the Notre Dame football season, and some good insight during the off season as well. So we thank you for that bad purchase one two three four uh, for that uh, you know for that review. Keep them coming, folks. We still got a perfect five out of five on our on our ratings, so we appreciate it. Um, but uh, send in the ratings, and we will uh, we'll read them. All right, buddy. This was fun chatting as always. And uh, again, to all of you, as always, go Irish.